Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Andreas Altamirano, lead technical documentation at Sofa GmbH. Uh, sorry Andreas if I mentioned your company name incorrectly. Um welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? Hey Gory, thank you. Uh good afternoon. I'm doing fine. Fantastic, fantastic. So Andreas, I'm really excited to hear a lot of uh, about yourself and how you got into documentation. So please kick off the session by doing a very quick introduction to yourself and uh, how did you originally start um, your documentation journey? Um well I am I have an electronics background and uh my first job in the field was uh installing electronic equipment um that was in Malaga in Spain where I was born and then I moved to a different industrial field um commissioning welding machines so that, that was 15 years ago and I remember back then uh dealing with many many problems because of poor documentation you know weak and outdated contents uh Uh, the manuals were very poor completely illogical structure um the important information was missing horrible translations uh or even i remember wiring diagrams developed developing colors but uh, i got a black and white version so I just just couldn't do the task because of the, the poor documentation and uh, a few years later i i moved to uh, barcelona and uh, i decided to combine my technical background with uh well my desire to communicate and assist technical teams and basically this is how it all started fantastic uh, andres so um how would you go about building a new documentation team from scratch oh yeah that's a, that's a whole a whole topic by itself um this is this this uh, this is a big task i've been doing uh, lately uh, currently my my current job position i've been doing this um i have roughly defined well would roughly define three phases about this um first before the team exists then when you create the team and then taking care of the team and before you build a technical documentation team um i think it's critical to know the scope of your role and its requirements but in detail um what i usually get um when you land at a new company is like we need to increase the quality of our documentation right because it's it's very bad but um <laughs> this is something i've heard over the years and uh um what does that exactly mean uh, you risk getting lost very quickly if you don't you do not work towards 
smart goals. Um, if you do not set goals beforehand, then you will find yourself dead in the water probably sooner or later. So um, that's very important to know um, exactly what the scope of, of your role is going to be. Then uh, keep in mind that you're not going to build up trust in a week. Um, you have to make sure, for example, that your line manager um, understands your needs and uh, gives you the necessary freedom to support your, your, you, you to steer you, the wheel of your, your, of your team. And um, another thing I, I think it's quite important is to initially write a business case to support your, your key decision. Because in technical communication, especially, um, you know, communication is fundamental. So if you do it professionally, um, it, it will raise your, your credibility within the team. Um, yeah, that, that, that's mainly before the team exists. But when, when, when it comes to creating the team, then you have... You should be um, in, a, in a position of uh, some soft skills like, um, well, learning how to interview technical writers because um, technical writers, are, we are a different species. And um, personally, I just don't focus that much on, on the technical background, but rather on the soft skills and the, uh, and the ability to write and communicate. Um, what I like to pay special attention is to the uh, listening skills of the candidate because this is going to tell you a lot if if the person is able to to listen and to understand uh, this will put him or her in a, in a good position to do the job and uh, as a second tip for creating a team ask for a portfolio I just cannot stress that much uh, enough uh, before the interview happens Ask in advance for portfolio uh, and use it to evaluate the way the person presents its content. Uh, this will give you really valuable information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and once you employ the person, then it's the basic common sense. You need uh, patience. We all need space and guidance. Uh, give people time to grow. Uh, build a, a trusted and delegatory environment. Make sure every every technical writer understands the authoring guide and and have the proper training. And uh, once you got the, the team running, you have to take care of it. So the the most important thing here is that uh, for me at least, I think that the, the people like or want to know where they stand and how how the the technical writers are doing. And they don't they don't want to to wait until the end of the year or in two years to make a, a performance review or, or, or get in touch with you. Uh, so keep in touch with your team frequently um, and try to foster informal authority. That's, that's probably in big capital letters the, the main uh, summary in, in three minutes or four minutes that I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, Andreas. That that's that's nice to hear your um, process in uh, building the new team. So, what's your documentation process then at uh, so far, and who is normally involved in such process to finding stage? Uh, well, so far, uh, it's been already for a while in the market. Uh, it's a company with around eighty. It's eighty years old. Um, but we are in a very exciting moment right now at the technical documentation department. Um, 
I have the pleasure to work with some, some senior profiles, uh, ranging from our CAO to each director, QA, developers, project managers. We are a software company. Um, and as a technical communicator, I need them all. Um, we, we share a high level of trust and support. And this increases my, my drive uh, towards my work. I really feel privileged. And I think that that should be the same for each of us uh, working in a company. But um, yeah, our company is currently growing. And um, so if you need, if you know someone in Berlin, please let me know. We are currently looking for technical communicators to work. And uh, yeah, we are growing. We recently moved into an XML, XML-based authoring tool. Um, uh, because single sourcing is going to give us the flexibility uh, we need to develop all our information products. So that was an important step forward. And we are currently migrating a huge legacy content into a new authoring tool. Um, So this is going to take time. We are almost done. Um, It's been quite a ride. But uh, I think the advantages are are, are there already. our documentation is really an integral part of our business. I mean, um, all, all different cross-functional teams are, are using it, are involved in creating it uh, from QA to developers, subject matter experts, or even directors are using the documentation. Uh, but regarding the, the process itself, <laughs> I cannot tell you that much because we are currently developing it. Okay, that, that's not a problem, uh, Andreas. That's absolutely fine. Uh, okay, so what, what could be the important factors uh, one should consider when creating documentation? Well, we, we mainly develop uh, function specification documents. And um, yeah, among other internal documentation and, and other uh, classical user manuals, um, for these function specification documents, we need, we need consistency like hell. We need accuracy and good readability because um, these documents are handed over to clients, but also to to our software engineers uh, who develop the product and also the QA department who uses the information to to verify the software. So as I said, uh, although we don't create classic user guides uh, we still we still need the audience to find information they're looking for uh, quickly and and efficiently so yes that, that's what we are paying right now a lot of attention to see how people use the documentation and how they navigate to get them uh, to the information as fast as possible okay great um, so, have you noticed any reduction in uh, in your workload after introducing um, quality documentation? Definitely, one hundred percent, and not only in software. I mean, um, uh, well, especially for us, quality documentation uh, means less back and forth with clients, um, especially because we work in a distributed team. Uh, both our teams and the clients, and this this saves time. Um, we we now have also solid authoring guide in place where, where we describe how we organized uh, the procedures we follow, how we author the content, uh, the writing rules we use, the different standards that apply, terminology management, etc. And I think this is a must when it comes to to consistency. Um, yeah, and then last but not least, we, we save money, actually, when, when our product developers find information 
they're looking for quickly. But when you talk about quality, uh, then that's your question. Uh, then then uh, a demon appears and the demon is called metrics. And uh, metrics in technical documentation, it's, it's a whole topic widely discussed. Uh, in books, over the internet, on papers, or even in your podcast, as you did, uh, I think it was last month with Tom Johnson, I think that was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some some aspects may may sound easy to track in our documentation, like if we got a, a good f- uh, function specification, uh, then we're gonna reduce in our case uh, the number of Jira issues that we're gonna get because the people. Uh, clearly understand what we are talking about but still this could be very misleading and in my experience uh, quality and metrics are extremely hard to illustrate in our field um, it depends on, on who is measuring how and what is being measured and uh, there are many dimensions involved in the uh, definition of quality documentation and uh, I like to stay a bit away from, from this, those terms, metrics and quality. It doesn't mean that I don't like measuring because I have to measure to at least quantify effort. But uh, you have to be very, very careful because your measurements could result in uh, dysfunction, especially if you use those, those metrics during uh, a performance evaluation, for example. Um, <laughs> imagine you you measure someone's. I'm going to measure your performance, Corey, and I tell you um, that I'm going to measure you by the classical horrible example counting words or page count. Mm-hmm. No doubt that your whole team is going to increase that specific metric because I told you that's an important figure for me. That's an important number mm-hmm. because I, as a, as a manager, have to show the figures to someone else above me. And this is, this is toxic. So uh, I just cannot stress enough. Don't, don't ever get into that arena. So um, yeah, if you want to talk about quality, uh, you have to stay away from metrics. Okay. Okay. Uh- <laughs> That's your strategy, super. Um, so is uh, are your documentation currently uh, external? Like, do you generate any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Uh, no, not at all. We are not that yet. Um, our technical documentation, as I told you, is uh, it's currently on a huge migration process. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do not plan to uh, uh, get this information published in any kind of knowledge base, something like this. So for the moment, this is um, not for us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So uh, we, are, we are now moving on to our rapid fire round, Andreas. Mm-hmm. So who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Uh, who? Um, I I have never had a good documentation manager. Um, that's that's the truth. I, I have learned a lot from reading books, actually, um, and I still do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to appreciate the years working, focused on the field. But um, I think it was uh, that that what's the name? Will Will Rogers, I think, said that even you are on the right track. You will get run over if you just sit there. So you have to be constantly learning. This is why I chose and I prepare and qualify as a technical communicator here in Germany. Um, besides that, I'm well. 
I, I aim to keep up to current trends by reading as much as possible, uh, attending webinars, reading papers, uh, attending conferences, talking with colleagues, uh, hearing podcasts. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this, this helped me to move from a, from a technical writer position to a, to a lead position. Yeah. Fantastic. You mentioned you read a lot of, you read a lot of books and that's how you uh, learned about documentation. So can you mm-hmm. share a documentation related resource you have recently consumed? Sure. Um, I, I can start with uh, two books I have right now on my tabletop. Uh, the first one is uh, Managing Writers uh, written by Richard L. Hamilton. And uh, I love this book. Uh, probably it's the only book focused on that topic, and uh, it's it's really really worth reading and taking notes. Uh, the second book I would like to highlight is um, it's written by someone you interviewed this month. It's uh, Christopher Gale's book, uh, The Product Stocks. Oh, super! Yeah, this book is very straightforward. It's uh, you, you can sense that from page one. So, Christoph, if, if, if you are hearing me, that's a great job you did on your team, because it's a collection of industry best practices, but really distilled to what's important and based on real experiences. I, I, I can, I can really recommend that that book. And uh, if you are if you are based in Germany, uh, I would also recommend being a, a member of the TechCom. That's the, the German Association for Technical Communicators, um, and they have a lot of content on the website. They they publish a magazine, and they also organize a, a huge conference about technical communication in Europe. And uh, yeah, one last thing: you should also subscribe to the Knowledge Base Ninja podcasts. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> It's really worth. It's really worth. Super, super. So once again, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm sure you might have listened to his episode. He did explain how he came up with the book idea and who all contributed to that book. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. So let's go to this um, question. And um, uh, what is that one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? That's already that's already fifty percent of my life already. So <laughs> I I don't, I don't have a clue. I did not have any any idea about my future when I was twenty. So uh, now that I'm double double the size, uh, giving you one single piece of advice is going to be a, a challenge. I think the best advice you could possibly give is to always invest in the, in education. Buy more books, never stop learning, strive for feedback, and so on. But I would like to to, to set them apart for a moment, and uh, I would like to to encourage the the, the younger version of me, um, saying that the technical communication field is is worth working in because you will develop a set of soft skills that would help you not only in the office but also throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. That's what I probably say to my 20-year-old self. If he's going to listen to me, that's a different story. Okay. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I hear, I hear every time different things from different guests. So yeah, 
So it'll be nice to collate everybody's thought into one small episode, I guess. <laughs> That's a great idea. You do it, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super. So I think we are almost to the end of the episode, Andreas. Can you, would you like to add anything more to our audience uh, today? Um, well, join my LinkedIn group. Um, I have a LinkedIn group called Technical Writing Ideas. And I, I curate and manage this group. I created this group, uh, I don't know, uh, some years ago. And um, we are around 2,000 people now. I try to keep the, the, uh, the group in focus because I don't like to, people to have to scroll down through webinars and, and marketing stuff, and publicity and all those things. I try to keep it to focus on, on topics. So yeah, feel, give it, feel free to give it a try. Fantastic. So everybody who's listening to this podcast, please feel free to go and uh, uh, subscribe uh, to the resource that Andreas has mentioned uh, just now. And uh, definitely we'll also include this in your episode, uh, Andreas, if it's possible in writing. So it's all written as well. Of course. Super. So I think it was great talking to you today. And um, um, though it's been like um, less than 30 minutes, you have shared some uh, uh, very useful content and uh, um, information to our audience. And um, all the best and uh, good luck with uh, with your migration project you're currently doing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And you keep doing your lovely, lovely work. It's uh, really amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's great. I mean, people like you make it even special. <laughs> Thank you, Gauri. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.